Aging Matters on WERA is brought to you in part by Synergy Home Care. Synergy Home Care provides premier in-home care for you or your loved one throughout Northern Virginia, including personal care, homemaker services, companion and memory care, and transportation. Call 703-558-3435 or visit SynergyHomeCare.com for more information. Synergy Home Care will find a care solution to meet your needs. Good afternoon and welcome to Aging Matters on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Today on Aging Matters, we will revisit a simpler, happier time. Before the pandemic, before masks and repeated hand washing and social distancing when we were able to celebrate the Christmas holiday as we have always known it. On Christmas Day a few years ago, I interviewed a very special guest who visited me at the Arlington Independent Media Radio Station. Santa Claus himself, still tired from his time-honored distribution of Christmas presents the night before, met with me to talk about his history, his life at the North Pole with Mrs. Claus and the elves, and what it means to be a Christmas legend. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Santa Claus, and also, I wish you a very healthy and Merry Christmas. Good afternoon and Merry Christmas. Welcome to this special Aging Matters Christmas program on Arlington Independent Media's community radio station, WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I'm Cheryl Beversdorf, your host. Because today is Christmas Day, it seemed appropriate to invite the most famous icon of the Christmas season. We know this beloved older adult as the one who makes an annual visit every Christmas Eve to homes around the world to bring gifts to deserving children. Because each year Santa Claus goes about his work without much fanfare, we don't know very much about him. So today, although quite worn out after traveling around the world last night and early this morning, Santa Claus is here as my guest on Aging Matters. He's going to tell us about himself and Mrs. Santa Claus, his life at the North Pole, and how his elves help him prepare for his journey each year. He's also going to tell us about how he decides who's naughty and who's nice, and also the issues that he deals with when traveling around the world. And of course, finally, he'll talk about the future and what he might do if he decides to retire. So welcome, Santa Claus, and thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you, my dear. Thank you. Good to be here. It's uh, been a busy night, really, really busy night, but it always is. That's just part of it. But I'm glad to have a chance to stop by. need to just rest a spell. And, And by the way, it was so nice of that young man here to agree to, uh, 
to feed the reindeer. You know, I just walked into your building, and he came right up to me and said, Santa, would it be okay if I gave your reindeer a treat? And I said, certainly would. So he went back, found some carrots in your refrigerator, took them out. And you know, the reindeer love carrots. It's like candy for them. So he's out there right now. I think his name was Robert, I believe. Robert, he said. Uh, so if you see him, thank him for me. It's a nice gesture on his part. Well, all of the people here at Arlington Independent Media are very nice, so that doesn't surprise me. So, And, of course, we wanted to make you welcome. I mean, this is a pretty special event to have you here at Arlington Independent Media. So I wanted to get started to learn a little bit more about your life. I mean, we only really get a chance to see you once a year, so could you... Give us a few details, like where did you grow up? Um, were you always known as Santa Claus? Uh, what kind of work did you do as a young man? And and by the way, we're also interested to know how old you are now. Surely, surely. And, and by the way, when I look uh, at the list of the programs uh, you do here at this little station, uh, and I saw Aging Matters, uh, I decided it was certainly the right show for me. By the way, a very clever name, Aging Matters. Well, thank Aging you. Aging Matters, yes, it does. <laughs> so I got my start in an area that I guess is now part of Turkey. I oh. was born in 280 A.D. Wow. So that makes me about 1,738 years old. Gee, you definitely are an older adult. Indeed, in those days, I was known as Nicholas, or St. Nicholas to some. Of course, I'm known by different names in different countries. Chris Kringle, Father Christmas in England, Père Noël, France. The Dutch call me Sinterklaas, Weinoxman in Germany. So it goes on and on, but I'm always the same guy. I came from a very wealthy family, so I really didn't do much work when I was young, just to answer your question. So as you grew older then, how did your work come to be associated with Christmas? Well, that's an interesting story, and it's a little confusing, a little hard to understand. In the old days, the St. Nicholas days, as I said, I was pretty well off, so I gave money to those most in need. Hmm. So eventually, there was a feast day for St. Nicholas, which was set on December 6th, when gifts were exchanged. By the way, many people still observe St. Nicholas Day. On December 6th? Indeed. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. But later, when December 25th got set as a feast day for the Christ child, everything somehow got sort of all mixed together, so... Now my work is always done on the night before December 25th, and, and that's how the work became associated with Christmas. Wow. Well, you know, Santa, the thing that we always want to know, because we don't hear too much about her, is Mrs. Claus. Uh-huh. How did you meet her? Is, is she close to your age? And, and, and also, what's her job? And I guess the other part I want to know is, does she enjoy Christmas as much as you do? Well, you have lots of questions. <laughs> yes, I do. That's my job. <laughs> I guess you could say I sort of robbed the cradle because she's a bit younger than me. She's only 1,136 years old wow. right now. Just a babe. Indeed. I met Mrs. Claus, Edwina. We call her Winnie. I oh. met Mrs. Claus at a reindeer farm 
in Lapland. You know, there are more reindeers than people in Lapland. You're familiar with Lapland? I am not. Where, where exactly is that? Up at the upper tip of Finland. All and right. reindeer are so, they're everywhere. All right. So anyway, I was up at a reindeer farm and talking to the owner, and I met his daughter, Edwina. So she and I took to each other, and she loves Christmas, just absolutely loves Christmas, makes tons of cookies, helps with caring for the reindeer, making toys, helps answer all the letters we get. And, and one you get thing, a lot of those. Lots of letters. Sure. Sure. And one thing is she loves to collect those little stickers that are on the letters. She has stickers from throughout the world. so What a great hobby. Absolutely. And she, as you can imagine, has quite a few since we've been in business for quite a few years. Right, right. So did you have a very long courting session or did you get married right away? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you know, it's been so long ago, I can't remember. Well, given your age and her age, it, that that's probably not surprising. So, But it sounds like your relationship is still going quite well. Excellent. Excellent. I couldn't be happier. Good. Good. Well, another question that I'm always curious about is is the outfit that we usually see you wearing, that red suit, uh, and you got it on right now. I mean, because obviously you had to come right from your job wearing it, the, the one with the white fur. Do, do you, is, is now about the only time that you wear it uh, in just for public appearances or on, your, on the job? Or tell us a little bit more about your outfit. Well, that's a good question. I used to have, frankly, all colors of outfits, Mm -hmm. green, blue. I remember a turquoise suit I was just really fond of. Wow, that's definitely one of your colors. Yes. But then at a given point in time, people started producing books with illustrations, and every time they would show me in a red suit. And then... Those marketing folks at that soft drink company, uh, Coca-Cola, they did the same thing. They always had advertising with Santa Claus standing there with a Coke in his hand in a red suit. So it really became a matter of meeting people's expectations. And, of course, I wear it all the time. It's cold up in the pole. Yes, it it definitely looks very warm. What, the suit? The the suit. Well, of course, it is. (laughs) And that's why I wear it. Well, and it's and it looks very becoming on you. Red is also one of your colors. So. Well, thank you. How do you know that? Well, because I can see you sitting right here. So I. When you say it's one of your colors, just exactly what do you mean? Well, I mean that it just with your skin color and uh, your size, if you will, red just mm-hmm. looks like it's it's the right color for you. Large. It's a large. Uh, well, it, it, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. But it also looks like it's very warm and very comfy, too. So, well, you're right. So, and then speaking of the weather, I guess the other thing that I know that listeners are really interested in is how in the world did you end up living at the North Pole? And given the weather up there and some of the things that we're hearing about global warming, and I'd like to hear what your thoughts are about that. I mean, are you planning to age in place there in the North Pole? or I know we'll talk a little bit later maybe about your plans, but I'm just sort of curious right now, given the fact that you've been up there so long. Well, several centuries ago, I was looking for a place to set up a village with enough room for Mrs. Claus and me and all the elves 
somewhere that would really be comfortable for the reindeer. North Pole was perfect. Lots of room. Noise from our toy factory wouldn't bother anybody other than the polar bears. So I would love to age in place there, but I am concerned. Do you know that since about 1970, 35% of the ice in the North Pole has disappeared? Yes, I've heard that. And they say that by 2100, the entire ice mass will be gone. So I must say I'm amused and a little disgusted when I hear some of your leaders here talk about the fact that there is no global warming. They should just live with me for a few centuries, and I think they change their mind. But that answers your question, I think. I would like to age in place. We are all on one level. We don't need any elevators. There are no steps. Uh, so when I turn 1137 next year, I think it would still be a very comfortable place to be. But we'll see what happens. And I, frankly, if, if we can't be there, I don't know where we'll be. And sounds like you don't need any universal design modifications in your home either. And what exactly is that? Well, that would be like, you know, grab bars in the bathroom or, you know, raised counters in the kitchen and light switches that are easy to turn on and off, this sort of thing. I see. But sounds like you've got everything covered right now. Let's hope. All right. Well, you brought up a really important topic about elves. I mean, that's another thing. We hear about the the elves and that they're there to make the toys. And I'm especially awed now in terms of the variation on the kinds of toys that kids get. So do you have to really check out the the expertise of, of, um, of the elves before you hire them? Because there's you know, so many different kinds of demands. And, and and I am a little curious just about, you know, you are an employer then of, of these elves. Um, is there much turnover? Are the benefits good? So let's, you know, let me hear a little bit more or let us all hear about the elves. We want to know. Everybody wants to know. You know, I don't hire elves in the sense that you're thinking of. The elves have always just been there with me. Most of them have Germanic or Scandinavian backgrounds, but uh, we don't hire elves. They do the work because they love it. There are no specialties. One of our more senior elves, Elf Bernard, is in charge. So He's every, kind of the manager? He's the manager. Okay. And everyone is good at everything. So right now we have... 85,800 elves. Wow. Well, that sounds like a lot, but when you think about the number of toys sure. that we have to produce, uh, it's not a large number. Seems like a lot. The only turnover is when one of the little people sadly passes on. Oh. But then those elves just manage to bank more elves, if you know what I mean. Uh, two elves can get together and make elves just as well as they can make toys. So they have free room and board, free health care in our clinic there. So they love their work, and we consider them all part of the family. 
and I, I guess I just wanted to hear a little bit more, as I said, I, given how much more sophisticated and, you know, electronic toys, have you really had to kind of change the approach given what kids are asking for nowadays as so far as the, you know, the elves' expertise and specialty and maybe looking for elves in different places just because uh, the toys are so different now, say, than maybe 400 years ago? Well, of course, of course. I mean, we keep up with all the latest fads. Mm-hmm. Uh, toys become more electronic. But, you know, we have the ability to do that. We're very... Uh, flexible. Very flexible and very able to keep up with the latest trends. So that's not a problem. Nice. Well, and I know you satisfy a lot of children every year, so that's great. The other thing that... Um, facet of your life that I know that is of interest to folks are the reindeer. You mentioned now that you're near Lepland, so that sounds like that might be uh, where they come from. And usually we only hear about eight reindeer. Um, is So is eight the best number to lead your sleigh each year? And I'd also like to, after you answer that question, hear about Rudolph. I mean, we hear about his nose so bright and him being the leader. I'm, I'm just sort of curious about how many you have. Um, do they kind of rotate or what's the deal? Well, I've always had eight reindeer. Started with eight reindeer. As I mentioned, uh, I went to that reindeer farm in Lapland and uh, have had the same reindeer throughout uh, my career, you might say. So you need to understand that Rudolph uh, is really a newcomer. The eight reindeer I've always had, everybody knows this, are Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. And it's interesting how they have those names. I didn't give them those names. Yeah, I was. That was one of my questions too. No, Where in no. the world did those 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 names come from? Well, the owner of the reindeer farm, years and years ago, explained that all to me. And uh, as I recall, he said that Vixen looked a little bit like a fox, so that's how Vixen got his name. Donner and Blitzen, of course, as I think you know, stands for thunder and lightning. Yes. So it was just the force with which they ran, and that's why he selected Donner and Blitzen for their name. Comet, Mm. because Comet is so fast. Dasher, Prancer, Dancer, I guess the the way they walk, the way they run. And Cupid, because he's a lover. Aww. Oh, yes. The uh, owner of the farm said Cupid loves nothing best than to make other reindeer. So uh, Nice. But it's no wonder that those eight resented Rudolph that one evening when he led my sleigh uh, because they'd been there forever. Sure. And he was a new person on the block. That's always the case. And I've always counted on Elf Victor. Uh, he's the head of reindeer operations to sort out all the differences and, and to make sure everybody works as a team and works together. And to answer your question that I'm sure everybody has about Rudolph's nose, what made Rudolph's nose so red? That was one of my questions. We discovered that someone was putting too much brandy and schnapps in his drinking water. No kidding. So over time, it turned his nose ruby red. 
But now he's on the wagon or on the sleigh, I guess you might say. Sounds like it. So uh, everything's working out well, and Rudolph's become more part of the family. So I guess you could say routinely now I have more like nine reindeer reindeer instead of eight. And they switch around. You know, some are uh, in the front, some are in the back. Uh, So... But it's fine. It's worked out well. Well, I think sometimes rotating reindeer, it's kind of like rotating tires, you know. Then they each kind of get a chance to, you know, there's sort of the day in the, I guess it would be the moon rather than the sun since they travel at night. Correct. Every, every reindeer gets a chance to be the star. Exactly. And they love it. And, and are all of your reindeer boys or girls or a mixture or what? Obviously, well, Cupid's a, a girl. Right. Yeah, they're a mixture. And frankly, I'm not at liberty to say exactly uh, what each one is, but... uh, But they know who they are. They know who they are. I got it. Well, let's talk a little bit now that we've gotten a little more sense of your reindeer and your elves and, you know, where you live. Uh, The big issue that you have to deal with every year are bringing gifts to the children. And, of course, there's always... Only nice children get presents, and, and you know, you don't bring any gifts to naughty. How do you actually define naughty and nice? I mean, there could be a lot of variables there, and I would imagine it must be very hard to decide who's naughty and nice because, you know, it could be naughty just on occasion. And so I'm sure that must give you a lot of pause for thought. No, it doesn't. Oh, <laughs> As it doesn't. a matter of fact, it does not. You know, it's a mistake to believe that only the nice children get gifts because if you know children, all children sometimes are naughty. Mm-hmm. That's just part of being a child. We have the elves monitoring children throughout the year. That's part of their job. Monitoring? Absolutely. How do they do that? I really can't tell you. Oh, okay. I'd say that's sort of a trade secret. Okay. You know, a nice child is well-behaved, respects his or her parents, play well with their friends, show kindness to others, and that's pretty much the definition of what it means to be nice. It's... uh, It's important to watch a child's orientation, watch a child's experience over the course of a year and see how things balance out. But I think it would be very disappointing to a child who was hard to get along with for a while at Christmas time to realize they weren't going to get a gift. I think that's the wrong approach. So everybody gets gifts. Uh, And we hope that over time... Uh, those who have naughty tendencies switch to being nice kids. That's my experience. Well, I think that's a good attitude, and I think that it would be tough if somebody was once in a while naughty and then they didn't get a gift. I mean, when it comes to talking with their peers and that, that you know, it could be kind of embarrassing. So. Exactly, exactly. So, I'm sure you. when you were a child, you had your moments. I did. I did. Not many, of course. Oh, well, of course. But uh, but a few. So good attitude, Santa. Uh, appreciate that. The other thing is, is that I'm sure you mentioned before that um, Mrs. Claus helps in terms of the children's letters. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I mean, I think about 
all the children in the world. How in the world do you find time to read all those letters that you you get in addition to managing the elves and overseeing the the toy manufacturing process? I mean, how do you how do you have time to do that? And you know, do you or the elves or Mrs. Santa Claus ever take any vacations? Uh, well, let me try to answer that. I think I mentioned before that uh, one of our oldest elves, Elf Bernard, is in charge of managing the elves and making toys. So yes. he's sort of relieved me of that responsibility. That's nice. Yes, it is. So that gives me much more time to read the letters. And when you're as old as I am, you've learned certain ways to speed up that process. But I hate to disappoint any child who has taken the time to write to me. And as I think you know, letters are just sent to me care of the North Pole. They don't need postage. Right. But they do hopefully have stickers, which, as I said, Mrs. Claus just loves to collect. So I don't think there's any particular secret. All I can tell you is that any time a letter comes to us, we read it, we're aware of it, and we appreciate it. And we invite all children throughout the world to send letters, not just as Christ- at Christmas time, but whenever they want to communicate with Santa Claus. The other thing I'm wondering, since all the children are on uh, uh, email now and have smartphones and that, do they send you emails? Are you and and you read those too? I have not gotten that far yet. Oh, really? I mean, that would sort of be overwhelming. I'm just reading handwritten letters which are so delightful to get. And I'm sure the day will come when we're going to have to start dealing with email, but not yet. Well, that's interesting because if you have to give toys to children that are electronic, but at the same time you don't have any uh, uh, email yourself, that sounds like something you're going to have to look into. Well, we certainly plan to take that under advisement. And as far as vacations. Yes, We've really never thought of that. I mean, when you love doing what you do, why take a vacation? I mean, where would we go? What would we do? We're happy where we are, and every day is a vacation. And I guess you do actually go around the world once a once a year. So exactly. why take a vacation to the same places that you've been at some other time, right? Precisely. Well, we're going to be taking a break soon, but... I just wanted to ask you one quick question about knowing about which toys children are going to want each year, especially if you don't get letters from a child. I mean, how how do you find that out? Well, as, as I said before, one of the duties of the elves is to sort of listen in, monitor what's going on. You know, children don't just ask for toys at Christmas time. They're asking their parents for toys for their favorite toys all year long, badgering their parents. Our elves take all that information down. So in the just, just in the same way that our listening elves keeps notes on who's naughty and nice, they hear what every child wants. So we have a very nice system of keeping track of what toys each child is asking for. Uh, and then that helps us know what to make and when it needs to be delivered. About how many children does each elf uh, have to monitor during the year? You know, you'd have to ask the elves. 
Well, I mean, it just seems to me that now you said, how many did you say? That, how many elves do you have? About 85,000. 85,000. Well, they that, have quite a few. I mean, when you divide the millions of children exactly. among those elves, they're busy. Exactly. Well, Santa, we're actually going to take a break right now, and uh, maybe you can, you know, have a drink of water or something uh, and uh, just kind of relax a little. I'm sure you're you're really exhausted after the trip, but um, we're going to be, you know, coming back, and it's a delight to, to be talking with you. But I just want everyone to know that you are listening to WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. We'll be right back. Aging Matters is brought to you in part by Kathy Corridan, Senior Real Estate Specialist. Kathy is a realtor with KW Metro Center in Alexandria and works with seniors in Alexandria, Arlington, and D.C. to make selling their home and moving less stressful and more successful. More information is available at 703-971-7237 or ccatkw at gmail.com. Welcome back. We are talking with Santa Claus from the North Pole, who has been able to stop by Arlington Independent Media today before he goes back home and takes a long rest. Uh, Well, actually, probably a short rest, since he'll have to start thinking about next year uh, and what he'll be doing at Christmas time. But He's giving us a lot of information that many folks were not aware of in terms of uh, his life at the North Pole and the elves and the reindeer. And we had just been talking about toys and giving toys to children. And I wanted to move on, Santa, to all of those toys that you are making during the year. Wow. I mean, if you think about it, you only got one sleigh do you ever have a problem with excess weight on your sleigh? I mean, how do you, how are you able to carry all of those toys in that sleigh and, and make it around the world? Well, I'll be the first to admit that the sleigh was a little heavy at first. In, in the old days, it was made of solid iron. Wow. I now, am. my new sleigh is made of more lightweight material, so mm-hmm. that makes a world of difference. And the reindeer, of course, are used to it. They've been carrying me around in a sleigh for centuries, so that's really not a problem. And, of course, the farther we go, the lighter the sleigh becomes because we're just getting rid of all those toys. The other thing is our delivery system. Now, I know from what I've heard that you've got that big, big company that's going to be moving into your area here, and they think that they have a great delivery system. Well... I can tell you, it's nothing compared to the system we have. So we are able to, and I'm able, on the sleigh to easily get around and and get everything delivered. I know if you don't know our system, you would think it would be a a major challenge, but it's not. Uh, That's the least of my concerns. One thing that also uh, I've always wondered about is because most of the time when we see uh, see you like right now you're on the ground but I've always wondered how can the you you and the sleigh and the reindeer actually fly I mean 
that's that's pretty phenomenal for for you know a human being and a sleigh and reindeer who are usually on the ground. How do you manage that? Well, it is rather supernatural. Yes, I'll admit, and that's about all I can tell you about that because. I'd be giving away something that people have been wondering about for years and years, and I think that's part of the charm, if you will, of the Santa Claus fantasy. Uh, so it happens, it's supernatural, and that's about it. It kind of reminds me of, you know, you have those dreams sometimes where you can actually fly, um, and which is kind of exciting because... Of course, we can't do that in real life. So I think it's wonderful that you're able to, to do that once a year. So do I. <laughs> do you have, in fact, I was curious, do you only do that on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Or when you go around in the North Pole, do you fly then? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's just that one time of the year. Okay. Well, then, so when you're doing your trip... Um, the chimney is what we always hear that you use to, to enter people's homes. So what happens when you go to the homes of children where there aren't any chimneys? That's really a good question, and I'm sure people have wondered about that. And increasingly, you know, people are living in places that don't have chimneys. Of so course. chimney has been the traditional way to enter the house, and that's still what I would prefer. But I have what you might call a master key. Really? It really gets me into all types of houses. I've never had any problem with that. Everybody understands and expects me to show up on Christmas Eve. Yes. So, uh, you know, entering a house is... Uh, not a problem? Not a problem. I've never been arrested, never been accused of breaking and entering... I'm just able to get in. But uh, but again, I would prefer chimneys. I would imagine that any official, like a police officer or someone seeing you going into a house, I mean, the only thing that they might be concerned is that there it was an, an imposter or something. But uh, you probably have a certain kind of identification that um, would help you to not get arrested uh, for breaking and entering or anything like that. They know me. They yes. know me. Wow. Well, in fact, I just have to share with you, Santa, because this was when I was a kid. I remember that I was in my bed on Christmas Eve, and I was absolutely sure that you were standing right there next to my bed. And I can remember just keeping my eyes very tight, almost tight shut, because I could see you standing there, because I didn't want you to find out that I was awake, because then I was afraid you wouldn't leave me any toys. But that was quite an incredible experience to actually think, wow, I'm awake and Santa Claus is right in my bedroom. That was pretty exciting. I'm sure it was. I am sure it was. Well, you probably don't remember that, do you? I do. Oh, you do? <laughs> yes, well, I do. I remember every visit. Well, that's and, – and, you know, the other thing that was particularly wonderful about that experience was before I went to bed, I remember I had to leave treats. Um, and I re put sugar cookies out there uh, and, I don't know, some milk maybe – and then the other thing, of course, was the the sugar for the reindeer, which, of course, at the time seemed to make sense, although one would wonder whether that's really the best thing for reindeer. So I'm curious, do children still leave treats for you, or do you have a preference as to what you like to have? Um, talk about that. 
Well, going all the way back to my time as St. Nicholas, tradition has always been to leave milk and cookies in exchange for the gifts. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in some countries, they even leave things like beer and sherry. Wow. But that's become become a little bit of a problem over the years. I, I found that I was putting on the pounds. In fact, one Christmas Eve, several years ago, I was delivering... Somewhere, I believe, in Indiana, may have been around South Bend, I got stuck in a chimney. No kidding. I was going down that chimney, and I just got stuck. I had to have Elf Victor come, tie a rope around me, and have one of the, tie the other end to one of the reindeer, I think it was Donner or Blitzen, back up on that roof and just drag me out. Gee. That was very, very embarrassing. So I don't eat the treats myself anymore. I take them all back to the North Pole, and they get distributed to all the elves and uh, and anybody else who needs them. But the day is over when I've been able to eat those. I, I need to slim down a bit. Well, and to that point, I mean, do you do exercises? I mean, I mean, as you get older, and obviously you're older, do you do exercises when back home in the North Pole? I walk a lot. Okay. Does that count? Sure, sure. But, I mean, I was just wondering. I don't have any machines. I'm, for my age, in reasonably good health, Mm -hmm. and I plan to keep going for a while, so. It would seem to me also, you said, which countries is it that that provides beer or? Oh, some of the uh, Netherlands, some of the Dutch countries, There's just a tradition, so many different traditions going back in different countries. So, you know, I know you're used to what happens here in your United States, but things are very different in different parts. Well, I guess I was just thinking, too, uh, kind of as a safety factor, if you were to have some beer or whatever kind of alcoholic beverage is left in some of those countries, that that could really jeopardize your way of driving and, and your safety when when you're flying around the, the world. Well, you, you're very practical. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about how, you know, you're not supposed to drink while driving, and you obviously don't have a designated driver when you're on Christmas Eve. So The other thing is I, I mentioned a moment ago about leaving sugar for the reindeer. That's it, terrible. Is it? That is terrible. Certainly you don't need to leave sugar. You don't need to leave cookies. Uh, carrots. Oh, carrots. Other like... vegetables. Apples. The reindeer love apples. Hmm. Grain. I feed them grain, oats, and barley. Anything healthy, but certainly not sugar and certainly not cookies. I know a lot of those traditions started centuries ago, but over time, I think it's in everybody's best interest to to uh, leave something for the reindeer that's, uh, that's good for them. Yeah. Well, hopefully when people listen to this program and start thinking about next year, they'll um, change their mind about uh, what they should leave for the reindeer. So that's good advice. How many miles do you actually travel on Christmas Eve? And, of course, part of it is Christmas Day. So 
talk a little bit more and 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 how do you know where to go what's do you have a, a do you ever worry that you're not going to get around the whole world in in one night do you have a gps system how how do you um how do you plan your itinerary well you're getting into an area that raises a very very delicate subject uh i know and i've seen all these formulas that people have come up with uh, how many millions of homes does Santa Claus visit? How fast does he have to travel? How many miles per second? What people really don't understand is a concept that I could only define as omnipresence. It means the ability, basically, to be everywhere at once. And I know, I know I'm always in trouble with those who say, well, only the supreme being as omnipresence. But I say, get over it. It's a gift I've been given one night a year, and it's the only way that it's really possible. So I have this ability, basically, of omnipresence to be everywhere at once. It's very hard to explain, very hard for people to accept and understand, but that's just the way it is. So I guess what I'm hearing you say is, is that you don't really have X number of miles that you travel no, then. No, not in the sense that you're thinking of. Yeah, and so you don't really have to, to worry about getting around the world in one night? Well, I'm around the world in one night. Yes, uh, but in a different way than we think. In a different think. way, absolutely. So the other thing I was wondering is, and I guess maybe that answers that question, is what about if the weather is bad and you can't travel? Because, you know, I'm hearing about how I remember one uh, evening when I was actually traveling on Christmas Eve and they were talking about uh, the, the uh, pilot gave some indication of sightings of Santa Claus. And My I was, dear, that's all make-believe. Really? That is all make-believe. I mean, I know all sorts of people like to try to track my travel, the Federal Aviation Administration, the military – all their equipment, you know, there's really no accurate way to keep track of where Santa is at any given point in time. We complete all of our visits regardless of what the weather's like. The reindeer and I have been doing this for many, many centuries. So, I mean, people are certainly welcome to uh, do whatever they want to keep track of where I am, but that's not my problem. Well, I guess, too, when you have children, it's kind of fun to um, be able to tell them that they maybe did see Santa in some particular place or, or whatever. So Exactly. I was thinking about the fact that you've had so many Christmases that you have done this. Share with us some stories of of the some of the most memorable Christmases that you've had. I would imagine that you've had quite a few of them, wouldn't you? Would you uh, agree? Well, of course, there's always episodes that tend to stick in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always, not always uh, for the best. I must say that uh, when you're up there, you're dealing with so much traffic, which just gets worse and worse. Airplanes, thousands and thousands of airplanes, helicopters. And now, now we have these things, what are they called? Drones. Oh, yes. All the drones. Yes, yes, yes. Well, a few years ago, 
one of those drones ran into my sleigh. No kidding. It did, and somehow in the process disengaged the reindeer from the sleigh. So the reindeer all ran off in various directions. I had to have Elf Bernard come track them all down, Gee. bring them back, attach them again to the sleigh. Lost really precious time. So that's one thing I remember. The other, the other Christmas Eve was one time when I lost or misplaced some very valuable information that I needed, and I ended up visiting houses that were empty. Uh oh! I didn't know. You know, they were probably houses for sale, houses that somebody else had left. Nothing's more disappointing than to go down a chimney and find that the house is empty, that there's no one there. So.、Uh, Like I say, those kind of things tend to stick in your mind. Right. Any others that you can no. remember? <laughs> no. Have you ever, in the time then you visit homes, ever run into one of those little children who was up late or was waiting for you and、um, wanted to see you in person? I mean, I mean, I've shared my story about wanting to stay asleep or pretending I was asleep. But some children might be more bold. I was just wondering if you ever ran into something like that. Well, I have seen a few. I remember a couple of cases of children who probably had snuck out of their beds, uh oh, and gone into the area where their Christmas tree was located. So I've had to pick the little tykes up and quietly take them back to their bedroom and give them a kiss on the forehead and wish them a. A merry Christmas, but that happens. That happens. Most children, of course, are asleep by the time I'm there. But、uh, I can understand their interest and and why they would want to see Santa Claus. I suppose sometimes you might also run into parents who are staying up late. And... No, 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 no. The parents can't actually see me. You know,、oh. it's only the children who can see me. Really? Indeed. I had well. Then I feel particularly fortunate that I'm actually seeing you across. In the, in the booth today. This is rare. This is a rare experience <laughs> for was, both of us.、I、yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, one thing that I was also wondering about is at this time of the year, we see all kinds of Santa Clauses in the department stores. There's wonderful movies that feature you, of course, probably. One of the most popular is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Gosh, that's a, a very old movie, but there are others that are more modern. I can't think of all of them now. But what are your thoughts about、uh, these images? Of do they really look like you? Do they act like you? How do you feel about that? Well, I guess on the one hand, I should feel privileged and honored that so many people have taken the time to get dressed up. And impersonate me, and I know they're all over at this time of the year, in your malls,、uh, on television, as you say, in the movies. On the other hand, I guess the closest、uh, example I could give is if you've seen someone like Babe Ruth play baseball, and then later there's a movie about Babe Ruth. And that actor, that old actor, I think his name was William Bendix, the、mm-hmm. first guy, the same guy who played the life of Riley. Well, he played Babe Ruth, 
Babe Ruth's friend Lou Gehrig was a great baseball player. So they made a movie about Lou Gehrig with Gary Cooper, and it was very nice. But it wasn't Lou Gehrig, and it wasn't Babe Ruth. And Edmund Gwynn is not Santa Claus. You know, there's only one Santa Claus. Yes. So I can understand the impulse to have all sorts of portrayals. And like I said, it's a privilege to know that somebody cares enough to do that. But I guess what I'd have to say in the final analysis is there's only one Santa Claus. And that's you. I believe it is. I also wanted to ask you, again, in terms of encountering children and adults, do you ever run into uh, pets who are a little surprised, uh, perhaps maybe dogs more than cats, but uh, pets can be a little surprised when a stranger comes into the house? Did that ever happen that you kind of had to... Uh, make friends with the pet and uh, make nice before you could actually deliver the toys? Well, there's a certain, I think, how would I explain it? There's a certain aura about Santa Claus that animals, I think, even more than humans understand. So I've never had a dog yap at me. Animals are wonderful. Animals, pets are great. When they see me, they lay down, they watch, uh, but I've never had a problem with pets. I think uh, animals, like I say, just somehow take to me, and I love them. So, uh, And everybody has pets these days, so sure. of course I run into them frequently. Well, and given the fact that you have reindeer, you obviously are an animal lover and have respect for animals. Absolutely. Well, a couple more questions yet. I, Golly, you've been doing this for so many years, Santa. Do you ever think about retirement? And if you considered, and if you have considered it, I mean, what would you do every day? Have you ever kind of given a thought of a uh, an alternative hobby or... Or whatever. Santa Claus would never retire. Never retire. I mean, I know how to do only one thing, and I've been doing it for centuries. I've never considered it. Uh, my job is to bring happiness and joy to everybody that's on my list. As I said before, even the ones that may have been naughty, they still deserve presents at Christmas time. So retirement. I don't think is in the cards. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll go on forever and ever. I mean, that's the idea. So uh, what What else would I do? What I don't would know. A, what would a retired Santa Claus do? You know, where would I go? I wouldn't fit in. So you haven't ever thought of moving uh, someplace where it's a little warmer or whatever? Well, as I said before, only if the global warm, warming gets the best of us. But we need an area that's large, that's secluded, where we won't bother anybody else. So that's what I said about the North Pole. It's just perfect. And my hope is that somehow people in this world will come to their senses and do something to reverse things so that we can stay there. You obviously are talking about the future. Any particular changes that you think will occur with children um, believing in you or um, uh, parents? I guess the other thing that I was thinking, because this is an Aging Matters 
program um, what your thoughts are about getting older, and you are admittedly pretty old, uh, but in terms of the older adults today and, and people and our, uh, our world today as it is uh, with the many changes, you've seen it all, Santa. What are your thoughts? How, how do you reflect on the many changes that you've seen over your long lifetime? Well, I tend to be a traditionalist okay. and try to avoid change. I try to adapt to it to the best I'm, I'm able. But I think at heart, even though things may become more technologic, nevertheless, I don't, I don't see things changing that much in the future. I think we'll be able to, as I said, adapt all the changes, adopt them, and uh, deal with it. And do you feel that our world is becoming kinder, kinder and gentler or maybe not so much? No, I'm afraid it's not. You know, sometimes you find stories or hear about a child that no longer believes in Santa Claus. Uh, and it makes me sad to know that uh, many ple- people believe I'm just a myth, uh, that it's not good to let their children believe in me. And I guess that's a decision that every member of every family needs to, needs to make. But frankly, increasingly, I see so much evil in the world, so many people with bad intents. So what harm is there in believing that at least once a year, a jolly old man wants to make people, especially children, happy? I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my thought. Any advice about the best way to celebrate Christmas? I would say to be at peace. Try to be satisfied with your life. Be kind to one another and make Christmas a time for relaxation and enjoying each other's company. And don't worry about what you didn't get. Appreciate what you have. Excellent advice. And if you have people that you can share your Christmas with, it's even better. I'm sure you would agree there. Absolutely. Santa. Well, I want to thank Santa Claus from the North Pole for joining me today. This was such an honor and a privilege to have you here. Well, thank you. I think I better get out there and and take a look at the reindeer. Your friend Robert may have run off with them, so I better check on that. Well, and since we only have 13 parking spaces in front of AIM, I'm sure maybe by this time people are eager to take up those spots. There's always the roof. uh, There is. There is, and you're used to that. But... uh, Uh, We really appreciate having you here at Arlington Independent Media. All Aging Matters programs are available. All you have to do is visit www.mixcloud.com forward slash aging matters. All 100 programs. We were very honored, by the way, Santa, that Aging Matters um, recently did its 100th program. I produced its 100 programs Good here. for you, my dear. So it was it was a fabulous experience in, on December 11th. I also want to give a very, very special thank you and Merry Christmas to Antonio Viaranga. Antonio has been with me since the beginning. He has been a real gift for me uh, and to me for managing the technical aspects of Aging Matters. And I 
can't tell you how much I appreciate his assistance. And of course, thank all of you listeners for tuning in to Aging Matters. And I want to wish all of you a very, very Merry Christmas and hope you are enjoying the holiday with family and friends. Finally, as always, I wanted to remind you that age is just a number, not a label. I'll be back again with you next week. Merry Christmas. Aging Matters is sponsored in part by the Aging Life Care Association, an organization of aging life care professionals. Aging life care professionals offer guidance, advocacy, and support for older adults and their families in order to maximize quality of life. An aging life care professional can be there for your loved one when you can't be. More information about the Aging Life Care Association is available at www.midatlanticalca.org 